Hello Saints, Todd here with SafeguardYourSoul.com. Thank you so much for tuning in. We are so blessed to have these moments together in the Word of God. And remember, Saints, there's nothing, there's nothing, no thing happening on God's planet that is even remotely as important as the work of the gospel and feeding the sheep of Jesus Christ for whom he died to save so that they can grow in grace, they can be edified, they can be equipped for the work of the ministry according to the scriptures. And let me just guarantee you this one thing, by the grace of God, this outreach will continue to unapologetically endeavor to preach the whole of the word of God, regardless of who gets offended or not in Jesus name. And please remember that your prayers and support are vital to this operation. Thank you. The balance of Holy Scripture, the balance of Holy Scripture. What we're hearing today in the modern church administration of the Word of God, the attempted or the stream of communication that we have flowing out from the pulpits, from the books, you need to look no further, not only at the content, but at the titles of the messages. Notice the many titles on grace, the many titles on love, acceptance, on having your best life now, living out your purpose, and all of these different things. But notice the absence of biblical, core biblical doctrines like judgment, divine judgment, divine retribution on all who die in sin, hell, the absence of holiness, the absence of judgment to come, which is actually one of the six principles that is foundational elemental doctrines of Christ listed there in Hebrews 6, verse 1 through 3. You hear very little about these subjects, but you hear so much about grace. These evangelical clowns of community churches, etc., have so overblown grace and put it out of balance that they're actually adding much to what the Bible says. You know, I saw a book yesterday called Grace Upon Grace and all of these lavish terms about unconditional and limitless grace, which is which is a farce. It's a, it's a lie. Now, this does not mean that grace is not important in the divine economy. Of course it is, but they never mention how grace can be failed by sin. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 15. Also, grace can be fallen from... Galatians chapter 5 verse 4. And so these are things, these are biblical truths that are going to be intentionally avoided by the false grace teachers of our day. Beware, saints. Study God's word for yourself and don't take any man's word for it. Just like the Berean believers who took Paul the task and searched the scriptures daily to see whether or not those things Paul was teaching were true or false. And that would include being in the correct balance of the whole of scripture. Grace is conditional. It's conditional not only initially to the recipient who must repent and put his faith in Christ. That's what the Council of the New Testament tells us, folks. Uh, so is love. I mean, well, love love may be unconditional, but God would. Here's the thing they never tell you. The Bible makes it clear that God will love you all the way to hell. He'll love you all the way to hell and even while you're in hell. But he's also just and holy and he will recompense all sin. All sin must be dealt with folks all sin must be dealt with and all sin was dealt with on the cross it's by his stripes that we are healed we are healed of our sin we we have the solution christ himself who took upon himself the sins of the world they were dealt with in christ but christ himself and his apostles and prophets as is on record in the word of god have given us conditions to be met for the reception and the retention 
question of his saving grace. Now, a lot of folks don't want to hear that because they live in a lawless state of heart. They want to believe it's all free grace. In other words, it gives them a free pass to heaven and while they're on earth to live any way they wish in this fleeting life. And it's still okay because God is supposedly in their delusional minds. They live in a, they're living according to a fairy tale, not the true gospel. They believe that God is somehow going to overlook their sins, including the rebellion of living life into themselves, to living life without Jesus as their first love. It seems like to me that the Lord Jesus Christ told his own people, the Ephesians in Revelation chapter 2, verses 1 through 7, that they must repent and return to their first love. Well, they had left their first love. Jesus told them, Jesus Christ told them that they had to repent and return to him as first love. That was a condition for salvation. Make no mistake. They had backslidden. They had another God before Jesus, and that was themselves. And they were in danger of hellfire because all idolaters will have their part in the lake of fire. That's another scripture right there. We never hear these clowns preach because they're selling people on a false gospel in order to build their own church and ministry empire. Obviously, they have bills to pay. They have entered into fornication with the world. They have to have their salaries, of course. A lot of these guys are making 150, 250, 350, 500,000 and more a year. They've got bills to pay, so they've got to tell the people what they want to hear. They cannot preach the full gospel. In other words, they cannot afford to tell the truth to the people. You see, they're in a posture of compromise. Listen here to the words of our Lord Jesus Christ. Who will you trust, friend? Who will you follow? I believe there may be somebody listening here that God is calling you to come out from among them. He's calling you to stop listening and reading these books and listening to these messages from uh, mere men, any mere men, including myself, and get in the raw, the naked word of God for yourself and cry out to God for the truth to be revealed in your heart, for your heart to be permeated with the holy fear of God. We need it, folks. We need it. Not just you, me. In fact, nobody needs it more than me, I might add. Revelation 21, verse 7 and 8, Jesus said, Jesus said, you need to get your version of the gospel from the word of God, from Jesus and his apostles. Amen. He that overcometh shall inherit all things, and I will be his God. He shall be my son. Now, let's stop right there and ask, is there a condition for inheriting all things? In other words, for being in eternal glory with Jesus Christ. Yes, there is. Jesus said, he that overcometh, he's talking to his own people. He that overcometh shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. Is your love toward God, my friend, proven in that you are willing to do anything to overcome the flesh, the world, and the devil? Are you willing to cut off your hand and pluck out your eye? In other words, separate yourself from anything that causes you to offend God by sin. Verse 28, but the fearful and unbelieving and abominable and murderers and whoremongers and sorcerers and idolaters. There it is. And all liars. Idolater. Anybody who has anything or anyone before Christ. That's what the Ephesians did in the second chapter of the same book, the book of Revelation. They had left Jesus as first love and he said they had to repent. It was a condition. God's love may be unconditional toward us, but he has conditions. If anybody's going to follow him and appropriate his saving grace, they must obey him. They must follow him. You must be an overcomer. If you don't, you will not receive that blessing. My friend, I do not want you to be deceived any further. Nearly everybody out there teaching is going to tell you that once you receive Christ, even if you truly get saved, born again, regenerated, that you're free no matter what you do. There's no way you could lose out. And they have all these reasons which aren't biblical. All these reasoning. Just listen to them talk. Oh, well, uh, do you have a 
child? Yes. Well, could you, would you ever reject him? See, the reasoning and that going by scripture, God himself, speaking of that very analogy, that illustration, tells us that all of his sons received chastening, child training, Hebrews chapter 12, beginning about verse 4 or 5. But he says all receive chastening. And if those that refuse that chastening will be bastards. That means without a father. In other words, rejected. You must endure that chastening, that child training, that disciplining, that chastening. And if you don't, you will be a bastard. That, that's what the King James says. That's the word it uses. You will be without a father. You will be without the kingdom of God. So if we're going to use that illustration, let's see what the Bible says about it. I can use natural illustrations and parables to prove anything I like according to my own liking. That's why we got to go strictly by what the scripture says, my friend. So we're reading in Revelation 21, verse 7 and 8. We're, we're finding here, as you'll find all over the Bible, that there are conditions for eternal life. Not only a, the initial reception of it, but the retention of it. So, but the fearful, verse 8, Revelation 21, and unbelieving and abominable and murderers and whoremongers and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars. He didn't say all liars. Oh, except those who have been saved in the past. No, he didn't say that here, did he? No. And all liars shall what? Have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Now, in verse 27, he says, Revelation 21, 7, and there shall in no wise, in other words, not one case, enter into it, that is the holy city of the new Jerusalem, heaven, being in the glory and presence of God eternally, in other words, there shall in no wise enter into it anything that defileth. What does that mean? Anybody that defiles the white garments Jesus initially gave you when he saved you and doesn't keep them clean. You see, the Bible tells us Jesus has come back for a church without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but one that is holy and without blemish. Oh, but nobody can live out without sinning. I tell you what, friend, you better stop living according to that excuse and start repenting of any time you sin and get back to the cross and realize that you left your first love. You weren't denying yourself, taking up your cross and following Jesus. And that's why you sinned. God didn't do it. You did it. And God doesn't give you a license to continue to do it or to not confess it. You better confess all your sin, friend. You better die with no sin on your record. That's all I'm going to tell you. I don't care how mad you get and all this garbage to make excuse for your life that is not given over to God. I'm not going to give you license to sin because the Bible doesn't. And if myself or any other mere man does such, then they are a false teacher. 2 Corinthians 7, 1 says, Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Is, could it be any clearer than that, my friend? Let us cleanse ourselves from all, 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 in the Greek, all there means all, filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. You see, some people are running around perfecting the excuses of sin when they ought to be perfecting holiness. Oh, well, everybody sins. How many times do you hear that a day from Christians? Apparently, they have more faith in sinning than they do in the grace of God, the divine enablement of God, of giving him victory through the cross over that sin, which is something he expressly promises in his word. Romans 6 would be a great place to start reading it each and every morning this week. I understand that we live in a fallen world and we have to deny ourselves, take up a cross and follow Christ. And we've not always done that perfectly. And so maybe that should be our focus, not whining about sin, but applying the cross on a more diligent and and more minute and more continual basis. We better confess our sins and stay before the Lord, friend. That's all I can tell you. You better stay before the Lord. You don't have scripture telling you that it's 
okay to live in sin because everybody sins and make an excuse. No, where, where's the verses on that? Show me the verses on that. They're nowhere to be found. Memorizing 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 1 will absolutely change your life. King James Bible. We're to cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. 1 John 1, 9 says, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now, notice we get forgiveness, right? And when do we get forgiveness? When we confess our sins. Again, we have no license to live in sin and not confess it. If you live or you die in sin, if you live in sin and die in sin, you're not going to be with the Lord. We're reading here in Revelation 21, and I'll finish verse 27. And there shall in no wise, not one case, enter into it anything that defileth. God has lists of sins in his, in his word. We've got a little book called Soul Damning Sins, where we extract the numerous passages where there are lists of sins. In other words, the outworking of the flesh, the uncrucified flesh that's not dominated by the Holy Spirit through a life that's abiding in Christ. Then you're going to see those sins manifesting in your life. So the root sin here is departure from Christ, idolatry, not loving the Lord with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. We can't say we love the Lord with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength if we're living in sin because if we loved him we'd be abiding with him and putting him first and those sins would be null and void they would be mortified notice that this is kind of a little bit different subject but it's a part of this whole picture that the fleshly nature the inherent sinful nature if you will cannot be cast out it must be overcome there's a constant test in our lives here on this in this brief life to see who we're going to love the most amen ourselves or the lord jesus christ it's one thing to say we love the lord but if we love him we'll be abiding in him and his commandments are not grievous they're glorious because we love him because he's glorious in our hearts first john 5 3 and romans 6 16 says know ye not that to whom ye yield your members servants to obey his servants you are to whom you obey whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness i got good news for you friend you can come before the lord afresh God loves you. He's not willing that any of us perish. But that all should come to repentance. Second Peter chapter 3, verse 9. If we're still alive listening to this message, we still have the equal opportunity to abide in Christ, to be cleansed of all our sin, to be washed afresh, refreshed. And that comes times of refreshing in the presence of the Lord, which we all need on a regular basis, come from repentance. You can read that right there in Acts 3.19. Refreshing is the byproduct of repentance. That means to turn back to God, to put Jesus first, let him be your first love, to be consumed and on fire for Jesus in love with the Lord, loving him with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. You are choosing to say, Lord, I love you. You must increase. I must decrease. I am dead and my life is hid with Christ in God. I set my affection on things above, not on the things of the earth, where Christ is seated at the right hand of the Father. And when Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall we also appear with him in glory. Now, who's that? promise too, according to Colossians 3, 1 through 4. That promise is to those that have Jesus as their first love. They're setting their affection on him. They're dead in this world. Their life is hid with Christ and God. That's what the passage says. Colossians 3, 1 through 4. Please read that and make it a home base for your life. Make it home base for your life every day. Feed on it. Meditate upon it. Read over it again every morning and reset your thermostat, if you will, your focus on Christ. 
Christ. That's Colossians 3, 1 through 4. All right, verse 27. And there shall in no wise enter into it, that is, into eternity with the Lord Jesus, where God is going to dwell in a new Jerusalem with his people. Only the overcomers. Only the overcomers. Don't let anybody fool you. Just because you were initially saved does not mean you're an overcomer. Why would Jesus tell all seven of his churches that they had to overcome and only those who overcame are going to be with him eternally? Shall we call the Son of God a lunatic? No. He said that you have to overcome. Who are you going to believe? These clowns who are building their ministries on lies, building their empires by writing books that are full of lies and that purposely leave out essential biblical truth? Or are you going to trust God? If you're going to trust God, you're going to hear God's words. You're going to search the scriptures, John 5, 39, John 8, 47. You're going to hear and put first and elevate to final authority and first priority in your life, the word of God, because that's the one you love. That's the one you follow. And you can't wait to learn more and feed your spirit more on his word because you love him. That is a true New Testament disciple right there. That is an overcomer. Amen. Revelation 21, 27. And there shall in no wise enter into it the holy city, New Jerusalem. Anything that defileth, neither whatsoever worketh abomination or maketh a lie, but they which are written in the Lamb's book of life. Now, four times the Bible tells us, two in the Old Testament, two in the New, that your, your name can be blotted out of the book of life. In fact, the next chapter, chapter 22, tells us that your name can be blotted out of the book of life. Revelation chapter 3. Verse 5 also tells us that your name can be blotted out of the book of life. And that would be, he's addressing believers. There's no way to get around it, friend. Might as well be honest and own up. Be honest about what God has said in his word. Get rid of the false teachers you've been listening to and just read the word of God. That's what you need. Put away your devotionals. Put away your little cotton candy books. Back when you start reading the Word of God, you're going to have a bonfire and burn all this garbage because you're really going to be repentant. You don't want anybody else to be poisoned with that filth. That's what you're going to find out. And that's how you're going to see these books these with all these titles, as I begin to say at the beginning there. Grace this, and love that, and mercy this. Man, those things are all biblical. But when you take them out of their balance, they're going to bring destruction. No different than synthetic medicines destroy organs in your body. They might be numb the pain in your elbow, if your elbow, you have problems with it, but they might also be destroying your liver and your other vital organs. Why? Because doctors have concocted these synthetic drugs, put them together in an unnatural balance. They're not organic or naturally grown. And that's exactly what happens when you get people that are writing books and teaching from the pulpit that are not giving you the organic balance that appears in the Bible. Amen. That's why you need to read the Bible from Genesis to Revelation. It doesn't matter how long it takes you. Get started, friend. Have you read the whole Bible once, all the way through at least once? And if you've read it once, are you working on it again? That's amazing how much you learn every time you go through the Bible and how much more you see and how your memory is quickened and your growth explodes. It's amazing. It's amazing. Okay, so Revelation chapter 3, verse 5, and I'll try to finish right here, my friend. I want you to hear these words of God. I want you to get in the word yourself and study to show your own self approved unto God, a workman that needed not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. If you don't get in the word diligently and daily and study to show your own self approved unto God, it's because you're not loving God. You're not overcoming. You're not putting him first. He's not your first love. 
and you will be deceived. A strong delusion will be sent to you because you don't love the truth. In 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 10 through 12. In the beginning of that chapter, he talks about the great falling away. Are you a part of it? Are you being swept up in this river of delusion and spiritual fornication with all these synthetic messages that are put together with an, in an improper balance? A lot of folks have fallen for this. God's eternally loving. He's unconditionally loving, and therefore he's not going to punish people. Are you kidding me? Look up the word punish in the King James Bible and punishment, and etc. All forms of the word punishment. You're going to find us all over the New Testament and all over the Bible. God will retribute all sin. They shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord. That's what it says in 2 Thessalonians 2. You want to argue with that? Did God contradict himself? Did he change his mind? Is he all of a sudden this loving God who's not going to bring justice and balance every scale? No. God is holy. He's just. He's holy, 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 and he's just. Revelation 16, 7. God is just. If you die in sin, you're going to hell. You're going to pay for your own sin because you've rejected Christ's blood to cleanse and wash your sin. But wait a minute, brother. I was saved so many years ago. Well, you died in sin, though. You didn't continue abiding and appropriating the blood of Christ. And when you stumbled and fell, you made excuse for it instead of repenting and confessing that sin and having your garment washed clean again. That's that's what Jesus taught. That's what John the Apostle taught. Jesus taught it in John 13. He that is washed, he said, might be verse 8, I think, John 13. But he that is washed need only but his feet to be washed. See, it represents as you walk through this life, if you walk barefooted, you know, you're going to get dirty, your feet. And sometimes we brush up against sin. Maybe sometimes we choose to stumble into sin. We've got to repent of that. We've got to be washed afresh. Jesus was teaching that. But if you die with that sin in your life, I'm not giving you the slightest bit of hope you go into heaven. The Bible doesn't give you that. Spotted garments. A person with the spotted garments was escorted out of the feast. I believe it might be Luke 14. They didn't belong there. They didn't keep their garment clean. The Bible talks a lot about that. The righteousness of the saints. Keeping your garments clean. We'll look at that in a minute, I think, here. But Revelation 3, 5. He that overcometh, the same shall be clothed in white raiment. See, those go hand in hand. Keeping your garment clean and overcoming go hand in hand. Confessing all sin. I will not blot out his name out of the book of life, but I will confess his name before my father and before his angel. So what, now what is the converse to that? Notice the converse would be if you don't overcome and you don't keep your garment white, clean, in other words, confess and confess any sin that you might commit and let it be washed by the blood of Jesus so your garment remains white, then your name will not be confessed before the father by Jesus and his holy angels and your name will be blotted out of the book of life. What else could be the obvious deduction there? All right, Revelation 19, again, friend, I'm trying to end this message. I hope that you're hearing what God wants you to hear from his word today. And he's instilling the fear, the holy fear of God in your heart and in mine. Revelation 19, verse 7 and 8. Let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him, that is Jesus Christ. For the marriage of the Lamb, that's Jesus, is come, and his wife had made herself ready. Amen. Notice the remnant, the true wife, the bride of the bridegroom, who is Christ, the bridegroom. We're his body, his bride. We're making ourselves ready. Now, tell me, look around you and see how small an amount, a percentage of that, of those who confess to know Christ are a part of that, that are making themselves ready. They're living like he's coming today. Amen. Verse 8. And to her 
her was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen, clean and white. For the fine linen is the righteousness of the saints. Amen. And that fine linen must be kept. The linen he gave you when he washed you with his blood. You must remain white. It must remain cleansed. And that happens when we make ourselves ready by continuing to walk in an abiding relationship with Christ. To walk in the light. 1 John 1, 7. As he is in the light. And we have fellowship one with another in the blood of his son Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. That's not automatic, folks. The condition is right there in the verse. I don't know why anybody can pawn that off on us to act like we're continually washed by the blood of Jesus no matter what because we're saved. He sees us through Christ. Even if we're living in sin, he does not see you through Christ the Father if you're living in sin because you've chosen not to be in Christ. You're outside of Christ. First John 3, I believe it's verse 4 and 5, it says, He that abideth in Christ sinneth not. Hello. If you sinned, it's because you backed off. He, he wasn't your first love. You waned. Yeah, a lot of folks don't want to hear that because they don't want to be accountable for their every thought for their every action, for their every attitude, for their every moment of this life he gave us. They don't want to deal with that personal responsibility. So they want to deceive themselves by receiving all these false doctrines that somehow give them a temporary license to sin. That's going to end in eternal damnation. We're told to earnestly contend for the faith once delivered to the saints against ungodly men who are turning the grace of God into lasciviousness or a license for sin. You do not have a license for sin from God, friend. If you don't hear anything else in this message, I want you to hear that. You do not have a license for sin. It's not okay that you sin. And if you did, it was all your fault. It was all my fault. And we're accountable to repent and receive forgiveness as we confess that sin and own up to it out of a good and honest heart. First John 1, 9, Luke 8, 15. Amen. Okay. So the marriage supper of the lamb is going to be for Christ and his true wife, which made herself ready. And her garments are clean and white, clean and white. Revelation 19, verse 7 and 8. God bless you. You, friend. And listen, the book that we have that directly applies to this and so much other truth in the Bible that's not being preached from the pulpit is Lie of the Ages. Lie of the Ages. It's chock full of scriptures that you've probably never heard preached, unfortunately. I hope I'm wrong. I hope you have a good pastor, but don't depend on him. Don't depend on me. Depend on God's word and reject anything I say or that good pastor you have says that doesn't line up with the word. You got to have a life of your own in the word of God, my friend. Okay, the book is Lie of the Ages. You can get it on Amazon in the Kindle or print format. Lie of the Ages is 730 pages. Even if you bought that thing and just read a chapter here or there, picked out a chapter here or there and didn't read it from front to back, I think it would do you well, my friend, because you're going to see so many scriptures that must be a part of your life. Lie of the Ages. You can find it also on SafeguardYourSoul.com. Well, brothers and sisters, it's been a blessing to spend these moments with you in the Word of God. And remember, there's hundreds of more Christ-centered, scripture-rich, edifying podcasts on SafeguardYourSoul.com forward slash audios. There's also a store page with several many books on there for your edification in Christ. They're all scripture-rich and Christ-centered. Also, tens of thousands of saints and sinners are being reached every month, and your prayers are coveted for the fruitfulness and supply of this outreach. God be praised, by the way, for those who are supporting. And feel free to visit our donate page on the site, and you can use your debit card, PayPal, or Patreon, and you can become a monthly sustaining 
remaining member if you choose to do so, and a gift of any amount is so appreciated. Part of this outreach is to equip and supply other ministering disciples across our great country and all over the world. And may God be praised that there's fruitfulness happening among his people and through his beloved saints as we know that the return of our Lord Jesus Christ draws nigh. And we say together in the words of Revelation 22, even so, come Lord Jesus. Amen.